Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. Uh, it is me, Spencer, reading you the dictionary. Well, it will be momentarily. First, I have to say, uh, I would sure love it if you could share this podcast, subscribe to this podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they air every single day. Go ahead and write a review, rate it with that five-star button and write a review about what you think. You could talk about your favorite word. That would be great. I would love that. And then I'll read it in an episode once I get the get the review all up in my email box. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, Instagram and Twitter for the podcast is at DictionaryPod. My personal is at SpeedJampar if you want to check that out. There's also uh, the TikTok is at SpeedJampar. This, this show is on Facebook as well. It's just all the same stuff as Instagram and Twitter. Uh, there's a Google Voice number. If you want to call it and leave a voicemail, what is the number? 9277275757917. I think that's the first, the first three digits. It's in the show notes. You can buy merchandise and show the world how much you love this show. You can join the Patreon for a little, little bit of a dollar a month. That's the smallest amount you can do. Uh, I think that's that's enough for today. All right. Okay, that's the end of the episode. Okay, bye. No, we have to read the words. Um, yeah, this this is a big episode. Um, I, you know, would have loved to have a guest. Didn't work out. I'm going to have to talk about this stuff by myself. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about more about that when we get there. Okay, the first word in this episode is Dear John. Capital D-E-A-R. And then the second word is a capital J-O-H-N. Dear John... I would like to tell you that this is a noun from 1945. A letter, as to a soldier, in which a wife asks for a divorce or a girlfriend breaks off an engagement or a friendship. I don't don't know if you could call it a friendship in that case. A girlfriend, they're dating, but what do you, they're they're friends? Yeah, anyway, you get the point. Uh, Yes, typically... This, I mean, you hear this used in a lot of contexts now, but I guess specifically it was a, a, a woman sending a letter to her man who was overseas probably during the war and uh, said, you know what, we're done. Uh, you've been gone so long. I found somebody else that I wanted to be with. Um, so get your butt back here or we're done. Now, nah, they might not have said that last part. It's a dear John. Um, I mean, I guess uh, John is one of the more common names for a, a man, and uh, so that's why they, they made it uh, very um, generic in that way. Okay, that's that's good for that. Let's see. We shall do a uh, ha-ha sound. That might not be very appropriate for this episode, but that's just the sound that happened. The next word is dearly. Adverb from the 13th century. One, with affection. And the synonym is fondly. I, I have such... I look at all of you listeners with so dearly, so fondly. I have so much affection for you. Number two, the synonyms are heartily and earnestly, as in... Prayed so dearly for peace. 
they were praying for peace um, and they were very earnest about it. They really, really, really wanted peace. Number three, at a high rate or price, as in paid dearly for the error. The, the price that they paid was very high because the, the error that they made either cost them a lot of money or maybe it cost them their reputation or maybe their job paid dearly. It's a lot of, um, it's, a, it's a three different kind of different, different types of uh, definitions. You're, you're, it's a high price, uh, lots of affection, or very earnestly. I guess every single one of them is kind of about um, something, something very, uh, ooh, I don't have the right word for it, but um, extreme or high level, uh, but it's different things. Affection, earnestness, price. Okay. Ha, 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 ha. The next word is dearth. I think that's how you would say it, dearth. D-E-A-R-T-H. Noun from the 13th century. One, scarcity that makes deer. Hmm? Scarcity that makes deer. Well, we had those five forms of deer in the previous episode, uh, severe, sore, which one is this? It's been days and days since I recorded that one. Many days. Uh, okay, so what was the definition? Scarcity that makes deer. But specifically, we have the synonym famine. Uh, yeah, famine. That's when that you don't have so much food for a community. And that's scarce. The food is scarce. Two, an inadequate supply. And the synonym is lack, as in a dearth of evidence. So yeah, this is all about not having enough of something. If there's not enough, uh, there's there's a dearth of it. A, yeah, I guess. We don't have a dearth of movies and TV shows because we have too many of those. Is it Darth? No, I think it's dearth. Dearth. Dearth, dearth, dearth. Um, this is from the Old English. There's a couple versions of this word. Dior, which means deer. And uh, yeah, I just want to quickly look through these definitions from the previous show because I just want to see if there's one that specifically is connected to this. But I'm not, I'm not seeing one. Nope. I mean, they're severe and sore. Like, hmm, that, that one, maybe, maybe that one. Next is diesel. Now, I know of diesel, it's like gas that you put in your car, but that's spelled differently. This one is D-E-A-S-I-L, adverb from 1771. The synonym is clockwise. I hope you know what clockwise is. We talked about that before. And uh, it says compare to... I don't know if this is a synonym or an antonym, but it's probably an antonym, and I love this word. It is widdershins, W-I-D-D-E-R-S-H-I-N-S, widdershins. Oh, that is a good word. So, okay, so if diesel is clockwise, maybe widdershins is counterclockwise? That would be fantastic. Uh, Clockwise, if you look at a clock, who looks at a clock these days? It's a circle. The hands 
go to the right. They start at the top, then they go to the one o'clock, which is to the right, and then around and around and around the back up to the 12. Uh, so that is clockwise. Okay, so diesel is clockwise. The etymology is from Scottish Gaelic, diesel, spelled a little bit differently, from Middle Irish, desel, from Old Irish, des, D-E-S-S, which means right, like to the right, not the left, but the right. Um, it also means south. Ooh, interesting. South, right and south. And then they added the S-E-L, cell, to the word des, and that means turn. So it's turning to the right and also turning to the south. Um, and it is akin to the Latin word dexter, D-E-X-T-E-R, yes, like the killer from the show, Dexter, and that means right hand. And uh, yeah, I remember learning about that when I was when I took Latin in high school. Dexter is right, and the word for left is, well, in Latin, it's sinestra, which is like sinister, because they thought everything, if you, if you were left-handed, they thought you were evil and sinister. Um, so... This is fascinating. Dexter is right, and then it became des, which is right or south, and then the cell means turn. So it's something that's turning to the right and the south, uh, which is basically what the hands do when it goes clockwise. That's clockwise. So really, their their word does make a whole lot of etymological sense, uh, and a clockwise also makes sense, but it's it's very literal. Yeah. Wittershins. Okay. Hooah. Next word, it's the biggie. It is the word death. D-E-A-T-H. And uh, like I said, I was hoping to have a guest. I was also hoping to maybe have some clips that I could put in or things that I could say from listeners. Um, But that didn't happen. I am recording this. Well, I guess technically there might still be time. I am recording this five days ahead of time, but it's not a lot in my book. Uh, So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll still get something, but I doubt it. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted people to tell me what they think about death. The word, just their personal experience with it. Okay, this is a noun from before the 12th century. 1A is a permanent cessation of all vital functions. Also, the end of life. Um, The end of life. Well, it's the end of your body living. Everybody's probably going to have different opinions on this. The body is not alive, so it has death. Um, Vital functions, yeah. I mean, if your brain isn't functioning, your heart's not functioning, all your other stuff, those are all pretty vital. And it says compare to the synonym brain death. So that's where your brain isn't working so good, but there's all these other things going on in your body that are still keeping the body alive. But essentially, you know, as far as we know, there's not a whole lot of activity going on. But of course, this brings into the question of, and you, I might talk about this more in the, uh, in the next 
episode or so, uh, there's like, okay, well, what is the thing that makes your body alive? And what's the thing that makes you have a personality and think and all those? And what's, is it in the brain? Is it in other parts? Is it in what's, what, what, what? Okay, 1B, an instance of dying, as in a disease causing many deaths. Mm-hmm, 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 Yep, we, we are still currently going through a disease, a virus, a thing that has caused many, many deaths. 2A, the cause or occasion of loss of life. As in, drinking was the death of him. That was the cause of him dying. Um, the occasion, uh, occasion is a little bit weird there, but it makes sense. Uh, yes, drinking was the death of him. It's, it's kind of a weird way to use the word, but we're so used to it that maybe it's not so weird anymore. Don't drink too much, please, and thank you. To be a cause of ruin. As in, the slander that was death to my character. And that is a quote from Wilkie Collins, W-I-L-K-I-E. Who was Wilkie talking about? Maybe, maybe, maybe Wilkie wrote a book and the character said, the slander that was death to my character. Number three would be capitalized. The destroyer of life represented usually as a skeleton with a scythe. And scythe is spelled S-C-Y-T-H-E. I think, I think most of us are probably aware of this quote-unquote character or person or whatever it is. Uh, death has been represented in media in so many different ways. You know, there's. I'm actually wearing a, uh, a t-shirt right now that says, uh, be excellent to each other. So that's from uh, Bill and Ted. And then the second one, they meet death. And he's not really a skeleton, but he's got a pretty like white face and everything. So he's like, you know, he looks like he's dead. That's one way. But yeah, usually, you know, death has got a big black co- cloak and a big hood. And you might not even be able to see death's face. But if you do, probably a skeleton because that's creepy. The destroyer of life. Number four, the state of being dead. That's death. 5A, the passing or destruction of something inanimate. The passing or destruction of something inanimate. As in, the death of vaudeville. Yep, even things that are not live or animate can still die. This vaudeville, it ended. It couldn't go on forever. New things were happening. Technology was coming in, and it just it just killed vaudeville to the ground. Number 5B, the synonym is extinction. So there have been many, many extinctions. Many, many animals and plants over the billions of years have been uh, have gone extinct, and so they, they've had some death. I don't know how to use that in the correct sentence. Six, this synonym is civil death. And I'm trying to remember. I think that might be the one where civil death, when you're legally dead. Oh, maybe we just need to go do a quick, a quickie little check back to uh, 
to that one. If we can find it, I'm pretty close. I'm in the CH's civil death. It's like, I want to say it's something with the, the laws, the legal... Here we go. The status of a living person equivalent in its legal consequences to natural death, specifically deprivation of civil rights. So if you're civilly dead, you have no rights? Hmm. Number seven, the synonym is slaughter. Slaughter. What's being slaughtered? Just death. Yeah, if you slaughter something, you are bringing about the death. Number eight, this is specifically in the Christian science world. So what, what do they say death is? The lie of life in matter. The, so there's a second part, but we're going to focus on this first one first. The lie of life in matter. I'm not so sure what that means. Maybe we need to do a little research and put it in the show notes. The lie of life in matter. So is it saying that some people say that there's life in matter, but they're saying, no, no, that's a lie? I mm-hmm, Interesting. The second part, that which is unreal and untrue. That which is unreal and untrue is death. Okay, couple of phrases. The first one is at death's door. And that means just close to death or critically ill, which means eventually the illness will will decease them at death's door. The other phrase is to death. And this one means beyond endurance. And the synonym is excessively, as in bored to death. Oh, I have been bored to death so many times in my life. It's mostly just my fault, I think. Beyond endurance. I can't even endure how boring this is. This podcast is going to bore you to death. Uh, Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, Okay. The etymology. It is from Middle English. Deeth. D-E-E-T-H. From Old English. Well, that's interesting. Old English is also spelled the way we spell it now. D-E-A-T-H. But there is a horizontal line over the E. So did they pronounce it deeth? And then the Middle English times, they spelled it deeth, and then it went back to death? I don't know. It is akin to the Old Norse douthi, which means death, from also deja, deja, which means to die, and there's more at the word die. All right, well, how, okay, do we want to talk about death now? Do we want to talk about death later? How much more can we say? Probably a lot of things that I can't even think about. Maybe we'll come back. Hooey. Next is deathbed. One word, noun from before the 12th century. One, the bed in which a person dies. I mean, that's just what it is. It's very literal. You, you can't get more literal than that. Your deathbed, you die in a bed, it's the deathbed. Although, it could maybe not literally be a, a bed, but you still might call it your deathbed. Two, the last hours of life. They're on their deathbed, no matter where they are, whether they're sleeping or in bed, sitting on the couch, making some pie, whatever it is, it's their deathbed. There is a phrase, on one's deathbed, 
is near the point of death. He. Next is death benefit. Two words, noun from 1921. Money payable to the beneficiary of a deceased. And some people might want to say of a deceased person, but in this uh, legal world, you don't have to put that on there. It's just the deceased person is the deceased. Uh, So yeah, when they die, maybe they got some money in some sort of investment or insurance or trust or whatever. And then then they say, okay, that money, when I die, I want that money to go to this person or these people. And so that is a death benefit. They are benefiting from the first person's death. Next is death blow. One word, noun from 1795. A destructive or killing stroke or event. The thing that made another thing dead was the death blow. Now, this could be literally a a strike in some way, or it could be an illness or the something. Maybe it was an accident. Uh, whatever it is, it was the death blow. Ha 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 ha! Next is death kamas. I think that's how you pronounce it. C A M A S. This is two words. Noun from circa 1889. Any of several plants of the lily family that cause poisoning of livestock in the western U.S. Um, the genus name is Zygadenus. Zygadenus or Zygadenus. Either way, there's a Z at the beginning. Death comes. Hmm. That's not good. You, if you, you should know what this looks like if you've got livestock, if you live in the western U.S. or any sort of animal, and uh, get rid of it if you can. Ooh. Next is death camp. Two words, not the kind of camp that anybody should want to go to for the summer. Noun from 1944. A concentration camp in which large numbers of prisoners are systematically killed. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is from 1944 because, of course, as we know, the Nazis were setting up all of these types of camps around the area and sending people there without their consent and separating families and having them do work and not feeding them well and all of this really happened. You can't deny it. Shut up. Okay. Yes. Fun, fun topics. Ha 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 ha. Next is death cap. Two words. Noun from 1925. A very poisonous mushroom of deciduous woods of North America and Europe that varies in color from pure white to olive or yellow and has a prominent vulva, that's V-O-L-V-A, at the base, a vulva at the base. And it is called also, oh, death cup. Maybe it looks like a cup shape, cap or cup. The species name is Amanita phalloides, 
and it is found, I'm just restating some of this, deciduous woods. Those are woods that um, are filled with deciduous trees, and those would be trees that are not like the fir trees. Uh, The fir trees have the pines usually, the pine cones, the the needles. Uh, These are not those trees. And it's very poisonous, so just stay away. I wonder what it looks like. I think we need to post a picture on social media. Ah, Next is death care. One word, adjective from 1987, of relating to or providing products or services for the burial or cremation of the dead. And the, um, the example is the death care industry. So yeah, it's a whole industry of people who deal with the dead in some way and helping their families. So that's going to start with, you know, whoever's going to take the uh, the dead body. Uh, maybe it fits from your home. Um, it could be the hospital, the EMTs, whoever. And then it's going to go maybe to a mortuary. And then maybe it's going to go to be cremated. There's a whole people who got to do that. Or maybe it's going to go to, uh, what do you call them, houses with the people who work in them. And they deal, they embalm. You got to embalm the dead bodies and... Then there's people who are going to help the people who are living, maybe with some sort of grief counseling, or maybe even before the person's dead, there's grief counseling there. I mean, it's a whole, whole industry, and this is where I'm definitely going to plug. So, okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, The main guest that I wanted to have on this show, her name is Cole Imperi, and I learned about her because she was on the podcast Ologies, which I have talked a lot about, and... Um, I think it was a pretty early episode, actually. Uh, It's called Thanatology, and it's, you know, the study of death and dying. And they replayed her episode recently uh, because the host, Allie Ward, the host's uh, father had been dealing with an illness for years, and he eventually did pass away recently. And so she's clearly been dealing with a lot and uh, her friend, this 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 uh, this guest that she had on the show, has helped her a lot, and um, so she deals with all aspects all aspects of death and dying. And so I will be putting links to the episode that she did, and then there was a follow up episode um, talking more about this, and then that's also where Allie also gives a ton of amazing information, helping people who are dealing with this in some way. Um, I highly, 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 highly recommend it um, because it's just super fantastic for really anybody because we're all either going through this or dealing with it or are going to deal with it at some point in some way. So, um, yeah, I think I think you should uh, go check those out. So, Cole Imperi, she is a, I think, triple certified thanatologist and you know, this is like what she does for a living. So if you want to find more out about her and the death industry, the death care industry, uh, go do some research and I'll put a couple of links in the show notes. Okay. <sighs> Next is death duty. And no, this is not the duty that comes out of your butt when you die, although that does happen. I don't think they call it a death duty. They should. But this is duty, D-U-T-Y. Two words, noun from 1881, 
it is chiefly British, and the synonym is death tax. So, yeah, typically, you know, in places not so much America, they, they say they have the word duty instead of tax. Like, if you go to the airport, maybe it's an international terminal, it says duty-free. That means you don't got to pay no taxes, I guess. That's why people buy, like, liquors and things in the airport. So, yeah. But what, what is a death tax? Did, it, did I actually read that already? Uh, death tax. Yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's... It's a little confusing to me. It's like, why do you got to pay an extra tax when somebody dies? But you'll learn about that tomorrow if you listen, which you should. Hooah! Next is death grip. Two words, noun from 1829. One, an extremely tight grip caused especially by fear. So afraid you are gripping something. You don't even realize you're doing it. Your knuckles might get white because you're gripping so hard and the blood has got squished away. You got a death grip. Two, it is the 3B definition for the word hold. And there's an example. Maintained their death grip on overseas markets. So this isn't somebody being afraid and gripping something tightly. This is, it's just um, maybe a, a company, a corporation is just they control the thing so they have a death grip and you know we don't know what the 3b definition of hold is you have to just wait until the the h's to get there but yeah they got a they got a good death grip on the markets we have one more word for this episode yep it goes a little over to the next page ha 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 it is the word death instinct two words Noun from 1922. An innate and unconscious tendency toward self-destruction postulated in psychoanalytic theory to explain aggressive and destructive behavior not satisfactorily explained by the pleasure principle. It is called also thanatos, T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S, and that is very much related to what I said before, thanatology, the study of death and dying. Um, And then also it says compare to the second definition for the word eros, E-R-O-S, which I think, isn't that like the god of love? So, okay, this is very, uh, this is very complicated. An innate an unconscious tendency towards self-destruction postulated in psychoanalytic theory to explain aggressive and destructive behavior not satisfactorily explained by the pleasure principle. Okay, so it's the idea that you are being destructive to yourself because of aggression and destructive behavior and not because of pleasure. I don't know. I'm trying to simplify it for myself and for you. But yeah, you know, we, we definitely got to post a link in the show notes about this one because it sounds, sounds very interesting. I'm sure it's not nearly as complicated as I'm making it out to be. I also don't know if this is a thing that still uh, they, they still use in this, um, you know, psychoanalytic theories. It's 100 years old from 1922. 100 years old. Hmm, that's an interesting one. Okay, so it's word of the episode time. Yeah, yeah, it's word of the episode time, baby. I'm going to reread the words to you, 
and then together we will pick one. Dear John, dearly, dearth, diesel, death, deathbed, death benefit, death blow, death commas, death camp, death cap, death care, death duty, death grip, death instinct. Well, I think I just have to pick death as the word of the episode. Um, although I sure did love diesel. Clockwise, diesel. I'm going to try and remember that one. I suggest you do too. It'll help you in life. Only, it will only help. Okay, so yeah, death. What, what, else, what else do we want to say about death? I mean, we all are going to experience it in some form. You're going to die. I'm going to die. It's it's just the fact of life. It is the only fact of life is that you are going to die. And I, I understand this might not be the, the topic that everybody wants to talk about or listen to, but I feel very strongly that it is something that we need to be more open about. I feel like for generations and generations, this is just a topic that people didn't didn't, didn't want to talk about it. And... I think we do. I think we need to. And I think we're getting better at it, actually. I feel like I've seen a change in my own lifetime that people are more willing to talk about it. Um, I feel like I have so many thoughts, I can't even think about what they are. Um, There is a very good chance, eh, maybe not very good, there's a chance that I might uh, come back to this and re-record a little bit more. Uh, Let me see. Let me see if I can think of some other things that I want to say. So yes, we're all going to experience it. We need to talk about it. You need to be more open about it. Um, I will re-plug Allie's episode on ologies where she talks about this much more better than I can. And she has a lot more information and she was much more organized. Um, so I do recommend listening to that. Um, but one of the big suggestions is to think about now what you want to happen when you die because it could be many, many years from now, and it could be very soon, sooner than you expect. And having some sort of plan in place that you could pass along to the people you care about or who care about you, hopefully they're the same, uh, that will be very helpful because then they will know what you want done. And, you know, there's an argument of it's really for them, but it's your wishes. We, are you even going to know about it? But if it's something that you feel strongly about, I, I think you should definitely uh, put it in writing. There's lots of ways to do that and, uh, and tell people. What happens afterwards? This is one of the big, big questions of the world, of the universe, of the cosmos, of life, of everything. And I will recommend another podcast called Films to be Buried with. Uh, the This is just another one of my favorites. And they talk a lot about death in the first part of the episode because the whole idea is, you know, you've, you've pretend died and the people in heaven or whatever are going to learn about you through the movies that you saw during life. Um, but they talk about death and and what what does the guest think about it and what do they think happens afterwards and it's so fascinating to hear what people have to say and you know i've got my thoughts you've got your thoughts sometimes they will be similar sometimes they won't there's a lot of people who think that nothing happens 
Some people think that there's a heaven and hell. Some people think that it's energy and it goes on to another plane. You might get reincarnated. But what is the thing? What? Who, who are you? What? What is it that is making this body alive? I am fascinated by this stuff. And I think about this just about every single day because I just, you know, it's probably a waste of my time, honestly. <laughs> because I'll find out eventually, and what's the point in thinking about it now? But it's kind of fun, and it's interesting, and, you know, I don't think I'll ever find an answer to it until the time comes. Um, there's a lot of people who are afraid of death, and I totally get that idea. I get that concept. I understand where you're coming from. Um, but I don't know. I feel like if you can accept that it will happen, you will be happier with your life, I think. I think that's, I don't know, I could be wrong about that, but I think if you're like, all right, cool, this is a thing that's going to happen eventually, and I'm going to try not to be afraid of it, um, so I'm just going to live my life. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned about life is one of the one of the important I don't know if I want to say it's one of the the points of life or the reasons of life, um, but it's it's to have fun and to be happy because if you're not, what why why <laughs> you're just going to be sad and depressed and okay I'm not going to get into de depression that's a whole chemical that's a whole other ball of wax but you know anger and sadness and resentment. Uh, you know, you can you can largely choose those things, and I feel like if you every every point in your life is a choice of how you want to react, and if you choose happiness, choose something a little bit more positive, I think you will be. And I don't know how we got onto this from death, but you know, it's all connected, so it's not that surprising. Oh look, I gotta go get my laundry. Maybe that was me and you being saved by the bell. Because I've talked a lot, and there you know, there's a lot to say. But we'll see. Maybe I'll come back to this. We'll see. Um, okay. Death, death, it's a thing that's gonna happen to you and me, baby. Don't you worry about it. Hopefully it'll be... Oh, this is so terrible. Should we, should we redo the song? Death, 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 don't be afraid of it. It's gonna happen. Don't worry. It's the same thing. I don't know. I didn't prepare it ahead of time. It's fine. You get the picture. It's just the thing. It's just a thing. It's one of the biggest things. It's just a thing. All right. Sorry if this was a terrible episode. I hope there was some interesting information or something, uh, you know, like the word diesel. And then, yeah, go in the show notes. Go check out those episodes that I talked about. And... You will learn. You will learn something, and I. I think. Uh, I think it's good for us to learn. Okay. This is. This is enough. This has been Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.